As promised, here is part two of The Vanishing Half. We jump right into our discussion from secrets and lies and the fear of them being exposed to parenting. Question, how do you feel about secrets? Is lying an act of love? Hit us up with your response at lithappenslol at ladiesofliteracylit.com. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Shalita. Toya. Allison. I'm Shay. I'm Quisha. Is it ever okay to keep a secret? I'll start. Um, I'm going to say absolutely it's okay. And it's especially it depends on the situation. In the vanishing half, um, it was a little extreme for Stella to keep such a secret. Like, her whole identity was a secret. Um, when it comes to that, I think she kind of went overboard. I, that type of secret, I'm going to say no. But in other situations, absolutely. It depends. My uncle used to always say a secret is not a secret if more than one one person knows. <laughs> That's, That's what he used to always say. A secret ain't a secret if more than one person knows. She definitely kept that to herself. Yeah. And then when you think about it, like if it's too hot for you to hold, is it going to be too hot for somebody else? So, yeah. But with her secret, I would say, just say if her neighbors knew, really knew. Ooh, they would they would talk about her. Mm-hmm. Something awful. But it put me in the mind of that Rachel Dolenzo situation. Yes. Like reading the banner she had. Because that's basically what happened. She pretended to, instead of her, she pretended to be white, but the other girl pretended to be black. Mm-hmm. But then when that kind of secret got exposed, mm-hmm. it was like, boom. And that was just my thing. Even I had anxiety reading a little bit about Stella because I kept wondering if somebody was going to find her out. And so that's just for me reading. Imagine being living that life, you know, always in that constant fear, always got that underbelly. Uh, and you're dictating what you do in life to keep that secret. So sometimes I'm with you. It could be toxic. It, it depends be. on the secret. But I don't agree with exposing other people's secrets. Right. Like if you know some business of somebody, it's not your job to me sometimes to put it out there. Encouraging that person to do the right thing. But I don't know. I don't think you tell other people's secrets. Because that's one of the things I have issues with some of the housewife shows. Like when we ain't friends no more, you don't still tell don't myself tell the secrets. Right. Don't tell my stuff. Yeah, so I think that to me is where a lot of people have lost that mm-hmm. like even if we were besties and then we had a blow up whatever I don't then run yeah. around the town and tell what you told me when we were close right yeah. and I think and I think Absolutely. that's the thing so I think that's why Stella kind of was protected with her sister her mm-hmm. sister felt like wherever she was at like you know this whatever she's doing you know it just kind of like I don't know they knew Stella was a love they did right. and just imagine if she would have she um, actually liked the new neighbor who was black mm-hmm. um, she kept it a secret from her husband that she was going over there playing cards with them but what if she would have befriended her and told her do we think that's something that the neighbor would have been able to keep absolutely not no especially no. when they was coming for the lead yes yeah, yeah. yeah. like wait she she here yeah yeah, yeah exactly so but, I'm not gonna let them blow down on my husband mm-hmm. and then 
you keeping this secret, secret over here. You just like us. So Absolutely. you going down with us, with us too. Yeah. So yeah, I would not that I would have blown that up. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely would have blown her off. Y'all sitting here at this meeting, <laughs> like, oh, we don't want a men here. Yeah. What is going yeah. on? Sellers having a heart attack. She ain't never spoke up and she like, no, we don't want them. Yeah. Ma'am, what are you doing? Yeah. And that goes back to her dictating her life all around that. Like even when she wasn't even a Right, right person. Mm-hmm. The fact that her secret could be exposed, she, she got like, up there. Yeah. <laughs> she did. Exactly. She did. You know, like you said, doing anything mm-hmm. just to keep that secret. Sometimes, yeah. And I like to sleep at night. Like, I'm sorry, she could not have rest well. Mm-hmm. No, no. It's just like people say when you commit a crime, like the fear of knowing that they're coming for mm-hmm. you is enough to keep you awake at night. It's enough to make you start yeah. doing strange things. Yeah. So living a lot like that, I can only imagine. Well, look what happened when her niece, right, her niece, mm-hmm. found, you know, was getting close to her, finding out like, oh, wait a minute. Now my secret about to get out. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I ain't gonna lie, when the book ended and she was still... Like this, how I'm rolling. Like, yeah. I, I, and I, so she's change. like, I nothing's wasn't. gonna change. Yeah. Yes. I'm sticking like, to I it. I think yeah. that just kind of like, out of all of everything that had happened in that whole book, and she was just kind of like, yep, I'm rolling with this secret. And that's it. And that's it. But now other people know your secret too, because you've gone back home. Mm-hmm. You've gone back to the place, you know, where everybody know who you really are, and you still, mm-hmm. like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all won't see me no right. more. No okay. more. And I only came back to check my sister about my niece. Mm-hmm. Finding out. Finding out. Like, mm-hmm. did you send yes. her? Ain't nobody sent her. <laughs> Not, I, I miss you. <laughs> no. Right back. Because we yes. sisters. Right. Yeah. You no. see your mama health is right. declining. <laughs> None of that matters. Yeah. None that, of that it matters. Be, that secret was important. Yeah. I guess it'll be good to go to, do you think it is ever too late to start over? Well, I hope that. But I she, have, I have to start over. <laughs> but in Stella's mind, I yeah. feel like it would have been too much for her, and that's why she said even after coming back to a town where people knew who she was, not to say I miss you to her sister, she totally just removed that part of herself emotion wise. I would say because to see my twin sister, yeah, to see my mother who I have not seen, mm-hmm. I'm acting like I have no family. It would have been just way too for her too much to just say, you know what. I'm leaving this behind because this is what I want. My family, my sister. But she never wanted that. That's the problem. Like, think about it. She hated what she came from. She hated that environment. Like, she she wanted to run so far away from that. So, to your point in her mind, to give up the life she created to face the reality that she denied a whole part of herself. I just couldn't see her ever. Like I said, it's, it's still, I was it. still holding out hope until the yeah, end. Cause I, was, I just thought some one catalyst was going to be enough for her to kind of do the reverse. I think she could have done it, mm-hmm. but she was too invested in where she was, was at. Mm-hmm. And the idea that her revealing a secret would somehow put her on their level. Mind you, in her mind, she she's not black. Yeah. Yeah. She so hired. I think that she didn't, when she was younger, she didn't want to deny herself as being black. She just wanted better than that little town. She wanted to go to the HBCU, you know, go off to school right. and be better. So she was okay with being black. Yeah. I just want better than this. I want to get away from here. And then when that didn't happen, remember, it was when she went to go apply for them jobs. Yeah. And she knew she had, oh, I might need to try to pass for something mm-hmm. else. But it. I don't think growing up, she was like, I'm going to deny who I am. Right. You know, because she was like, what? Why is she going to Howard or Hampton? Or some one of those HBCUs. Yes. So, and she wanted to be a nurse or something. 
So she just, I think she wanted better than that life. I don't think she wanted to not be black at but, that time. But that's the juxtaposition. It's like, why do we, in order to be better, we have to deny the blackness. Like, it, like you have to share, like, we don't get the same things and the same opportunities. So at some point, you do hate being black. Not that you hate the concept that I'm African, I'm mm -hmm. black, I'm from this particular culture. But you hate the way that the society is seeing you and society is treating you and putting rules and regulations and, and denying you. So at some point in order for her to get ahead, she had denied the blackness. That's what she's denying. Like you said, I don't think it was a, I have self-hatred. No, mm -hmm. I don't think it was, I woke up black, I'm mad that I woke up with self-hatred. But what she's saying is, if I identify black in this society, I'm not gonna get a good job. I'm not gonna be able to be educated. All these things were taken away from her because of her lot in life. And her lot in life was only because she was black. When she flipped the script and became white Stella, she got the secretary job, she met the really good man, she got the really big house, and she didn't see that vision for her in embracing her blackness. So I don't think it was like a self-hate thing, like I hate myself for being black. I think she hates the rules and the stipulations that was put on black people during that time. Go ahead. I just wanna say, I agree with you, Shay. She wanted to go off to college, but then when their mother said, listen, you gonna help me clean, that was like, what this is not Her what dreams. i this is not what i wanted to do with my life i don't yeah. want to clean for these white people yeah. who turns out to be molesting, molesting you know <laughs> horrible yeah. people yeah, horrible people. yeah I, I i don't think like because it just imagine if she had gone to hbcu you she, can't play to be white you can't you, can, and you, she, gonna, you fit in and you can get better because at that time she thought that's what was better for black people to go off to college and i want to better myself i'm smart enough to do that so it's some predominant black people evidently she thought she could be a part of that but that little town they live in stifled it that. did that's yeah. exactly it was that is exactly what happened yeah. she couldn't see past that town being colored yeah so she gets over here like okay like she had a dream with the hbcu she yeah. could have had everything being black if she would have ventured out somewhere but no, else but she had can. to decide but you but it's, it's still a struggle let me say that it's, it's not that it's not a struggle right, because it would have been but that's what her problem was if you close your eyes and i gotta go through 10 steps just to get to the same place and I'm black. But if I close my eyes and somehow, and now I'm white, and I can only take two steps to get to the same place and have the same desires and the same things, that is no different than when we talk about race now, right nowadays. When you look at people who are considered like white allies, understand that they understand in their mind the system works for them. Just waking up in the morning, they have done absolutely nothing, just breathing. The system works for them. And we're working harder to get the same thing that they're just most likely given in some cases. So what I'm saying is when you are in that particular mind frame and you see that, it just becomes unfair. And she took the path of least resistance. She went in that town and got a job or figured out a way to get a job. She could have still saved her money, did an HBC, uh, HBCU. And there was way to your point. If she was just, I'm good with being black, I'm good with this. No. She it woke up in a reality. Even when she was in this stifled town, black people was cleaning people's houses. Mm -hmm. And when she got to the city, she couldn't even get a good a, a secretary job that a white girl just going to be given. Yeah. And she was just as qualified. Mm -hmm. So when you were in that juxtaposition, she just took the path of least resistance. Not that her goals changed. She wanted a nice house, a nice husband, a family, all of those things, but she couldn't see a path to that in her skin well, let's talk without about, the obstacles to Let's me. talk about Desiree, because to me, she had to start over and start over. She did. She left after her sister left her. Yeah. Um, 
was it the FBI or fingerprinting service? Yeah, and yeah. She, was, she started her life and then had the situation with the abusive husband. Started then she over. left, had yeah, to start over. over. And I think her going back home, she came complacent and was just, okay, I'm here. Let me just stay here. There's nothing else for me. And then after going through everything and with her daughter leaving and then her mother getting sick and her mother passing, then it came to the point, well, what next? What am I going to do? And then that, to me, I felt that was the push to say, go ahead, take that leap, move, get a new job, start over. So I, I feel it's never too late. There's always something either personally, emotionally, economically that will stop you, block you from your start. But it's it's never too late to start over. And especially for her, because I felt at the end she was finally happy. Even though she was working, was it a call center? Something like in telephone. Was it like telephone? Or something. Well, yeah. Something. Yeah. She was happy. Because she was saying how she kept saying a script. Yeah. It's like we have to, in life, reinvent ourselves. But that's, I think, <laughs> and that's sometimes the, that could be every day, every week, every month. Like, we have to do something new. We have to do something fresh to keep going because it's hard. Sometimes we get used to the same old thing, the same old thing, the same old thing. And we do get stuck. And sometimes you'll be like, wait a minute. I need a change. I need something different. I don't care if it's just your clothes, your hair, contacts, glasses. Sometimes we need to do something to make ourselves feel a little bit better. But even what she said with um, Desiree, I could see why she became a little complacent because look what she ventured out she had this husband look what happened to her he was abusive so it's like let me just go on back here and just be quiet in the background for a little bit and it worked for her but i think too it goes back to comp to, to this complacency and comfort think about it desiree had to keep starting over because she lived a black life yeah. stella yeah. didn't have to start over stella was ch- stella was holding on to the security of whiteness. She was. That's it. And you could clearly see that. So to your point, that's what I mean by the trudge of sometimes being black. We always got to go to test that. We always got to work the harder. And then Stella had this perfect, in her mind, perfect life, but she was holding on to those things because that's what mattered to her. So this idea of being black and having to start over, right? Having to trudge, having to go through something, having to not just have everything in, in her mind you know, with an easier way to go. She and I'm not saying that giving up her family was necessarily easy, right. but that's why she was able to need to be so cut off she, when she got down there. She did. But see, I feel for Stella, if you remove the family, twin sister and mother, mm-hmm. leaving Mallard behind, she still had to start over because then she wanted to go and get her GED or get her yeah, diploma, and then mm-hmm. go to college, and then mm-hmm. from college, get another layer of education. And then mm-hmm. from that, to being a professor. So, yeah. so she was starting over because she had gone so long missing that education piece where she loved learning. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she put yeah. it all on the back burner to hold on to this particular life. That's what I'm saying. She sacrificed a lot. That lot held her back in mm-hmm. so many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really did. Yeah. But to her, it was the best decision that she made and she was going to stick with that. Yeah. She was not turning back. <laughs> I really thought she was going to turn back too. I, I'm telling you, I was holding she on to turn the back. book. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it says, amazing how the twins, nieces, slash cousins remind each other of their mothers. Does this happen in real life? I think so. I, I Actually, I was hoping you guys asked that question because I can actually, I mean, just even, it's amazing how much to me, Shania is like Toya. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. your baby is mm-hmm. like her. 
So that's a lot, you know, that happens a lot of times. And even when we talk about, like, Kendra say, Chloe is a lot like me, you know, mm-hmm. outgoing and Paige is more reserved like her. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, it, it is. Sometimes our kids don't act like us, but it'd be like, oh, you just like my sister, yeah, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Or you act just like my friend, you know. So I do think that happens in real life. Yeah. And yeah. what was crazy is like, in this case, me and my half sister, we have the same father, but not, of course, the same mother. So we weren't raised together. Her daughter and me act more like, and I always tell her we should have switched kids. Because her, because I want to do some hair and some make my kids want to wear a hoodie and some jeans and, and pull a ponytail back. That's my sister. Gotcha. Her daughter is colored hair, all makeup, like glamour girl. And we laugh all the time, like we should have switched. And we were not raised, so it wasn't even an influence of mm-hmm. me to her daughter or her to my daughter. So I saw that when I was reading the book. I was like, oh, that's like me and Tanya. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because we say that all the time. It's a running joke. It's definitely. Because, like, even with, like, down to Paige never really liked dolls and things like that, like Kendra. But Chloe loved the dolls. So I buy all these ba- kids baby dolls and things because that's what I like. Right. But my baby is nothing like Mm-mm. that. And where I can speak up and speak my mind about many things. Shania is so quiet and it reminds me of Toya so much. She just, I'm like, no, spit it out, say something. She's not, she sit back quiet, reserved. And Toya even used to say that all the time, like Shania just remind me so mm-hmm. much of my, she remind me of me, she just like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't until I got older that I started, you know, speaking up. And, but when I was to her age, you know, mm-hmm. sitting back just, Find her somewhere crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's her. 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 That is her. I'd be like, yeah. girl, wipe your tears. <laughs> so that was a good one. Do we think that um, Desiree playing her sister for her mother fighting Alzheimer's was a sign of love or courage? I think it was a sign of love because at the end of the day, she was the one there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm stayed there mm-hmm. and then you you gonna say that i'm the person who left not just you right me too no communication nothing so that definitely was love to me because if it wasn't love she would have cussed her out like mm-hmm. no i am desiree <laughs> get it right every right. time she said i am desiree so to me it was an act of love i think it was too and that can just go right to that other question up there is lying an act of love it's the same thing like she did that just to help her because she knew her mother was gonna be dying and hadn't seen her baby you know at the end of the day that's my child and i haven't seen her so i'm just gonna you know for your sake i'll be stella you know or whatever (laughs) you know whatever your wish is yeah and we see that happens in life in real life like i know people who had alzheimer's who the ones that either they mistreated or the ones that they miss the most Mm -hmm. that's who they start asking about the most the ones they haven't seen like i've even seen it with family members ones that were going to prison you know they like well where is he you know or is that you so-and-so because i don't know if it's something that they miss about them or they knew before they when they were lucid that this was the last you know i know i have this child i know this person was in my life and i haven't really seen them or whatever so i've seen that happen in real life too and right and i think two people just gotta make it right you know how sometimes you leave things unsaid and undone i think before you die some people feel like i want to make a situation right because i like you said Shay, my, my uh grandfather did that he asked for my mother because my mother and him was 
like no relationship. Yeah. As soon as my mother went up to that place, he died like two days yeah. ago. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because my absolutely. mother had no holler for him when he got moved back to Cleveland and all of that stuff, and she had a lot of resentment for things, and she wouldn't go. She wouldn't go, and my aunts kept saying. You need to come. You need to come. Daddy's gonna die. Daddy's gonna die. And finally, my mother went up there. He died two days like not yeah. even two days later. Wow. It was like literally he was holding on to just say some things and write some things that he knew that he never did when he was alive. Yeah. And even though that mom didn't, well, she technically might have did something yeah. to um, Stella by making her, you know, telling her she can go to school yeah. and the money and all that. So she did wrong her or she whatever. Did. But that girl ran away and never came back and saw about her mother either. No, Stella so, was upset yeah. about that. She wanted, yeah. she loved math, she loved mm-hmm. school. She wanted to go off to college. She yeah. did not want to clean. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think sometimes with somebody you don't know that, like her intentions were good, but her methods was poor. And mm-hmm. she really didn't know her daughter to know how devastating that decision was. Like she was looking at it like a parent. I got to take care of these kids. We got to get food right. on the table. From a, from a parent economic perspective, mm-hmm. I need you to clean. And she didn't even have the wherewithal to understand that that decision for her child, for that particular kid, would have been devastating. Poor Desiree would have claimed forever, you know what I mean? But for Stella, that wasn't her bad. Crushed her dream. And I don't think she, and you know, sometimes it's apparent when you in that survival mode, your head is down, you making it work, you can't, emotional well-being is, I hate to say it, but because sometimes it's the least on your mind. You're right. And so she didn't, I don't think, understood that. And and probably looking back, she could say, okay, maybe that was where we went wrong. But never did her child would leave her and never come back. You don't ever think you're doing something like that. Well, when they both just disappeared. They just disappeared. Yeah, but to add layers on to what you were saying, okay, I went through trauma because I my husband's gone and all of that, so now it's left on me to keep everything afloat. Got my head down, but now my daughter who loves school, I put her in a uh, put her in a situation to be abused, and then I'm not even recognizing that she's being abused or that something changed in her because my head's down trying to keep us afloat. And I just think that's so crazy to me because here she is thinking I'm doing what's best for the family. And then you actually put your daughters in a position where they could be exposed. And so I could see why Stella said, oh, I'm, I ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because because of you, I had to do this. And because I had to do this, this happened to me. Yeah. Which is But it goes sad. back to the secret thing, like. Maybe has she told her mother the truth? You know, it's, it's all of that starting to keep that secret and never them having a real open line of communication and just being honest with each other. Like, you know, and again, I'm not saying that she's a child. You know, that's a hard thing to admit to somebody and bring up. I'm not blaming Stella at all. But what I'm saying is it goes back to what secrets are good secrets and which ones are not. And I just think it just started that way. And then she got a whiff of, you keep things close, you know, you pretend everything's okay. And I think that gave her a pattern of how to behave as she got older. Well, how about the fact that just as parents, because we're all parents in this room too, how about the fact that, especially in that older generation of women, they just feel like they always know what's best for their kids. And we even think we know what's best for our children, you know, especially at this age. And I think to this day, my mama thinks she still know what's best for me. And I'm 42 years old. And now, and we've seen this go in even worse situations. How many times do we know mothers have put their daughters out to men, have given them to men to bring money in the house in real life, you know, like Mm -hmm. right around down the street. Yes. Yes. You know, so, and in their minds, they're thinking, 
I got to feed the rest of the family. Right. So you have to go. I mean, we read. So that's in real life. But also, we're also avid readers. Look at the help. Even in the book, the help. Look, it was a rite of passage. When you come 14, you got them white stockings on yeah. to go. You yeah. know, and I'm 14 years old. And now I'm made to go. It yeah. was a rite of passage almost. <laughs> you know, so that it was in that mother's defense. You know, she's just thinking. And she saw her, her husband died tragically. You know, that was yeah. something. We got to for to keep my little family together, and so that I don't lose y'all. Yeah. Because even the way she felt about Desiree with the man, you know, she went go get away from here, don't come back because I don't want you in them type situations. Yeah. So that's what she thought, and I'm as I get older, and like I say, I try to parent my child. I start thinking about that, you know. What my I know why my mama still thinks she know what's best for me because I'm her child at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've learned to respect that. You know, I don't talk, I don't do it necessarily, but I don't get upset with her or talk back or anything because it used to would upset me. But like now I'm like, she just thinks she's doing what's best for me as right. her child or whatever, no matter how old you get. Oh, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. That I had a horrible breakdown with Devin, my oldest daughter. And that's when I had to realize my intentions were good, but my methods were poor. Mm -hmm. I wanted nothing but success and the best for her, but the way I was going about getting it was damaging to her. Mm -hmm. And I was yeah. doing more damage. Of course, I wanted her to be the smartest and to yeah. be on task and to do this, but I was breaking her in the process. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. will say that's what that reminded me of when you don't really see your child. And I say that all the time. Like, you know, I'm not saying one is over the other, but when you have a child with a physical disability, you can see that. So you could try to prepare, help, do whatever. But when it's a child that appears normal, like Stella appeared normal, but she was going through so much inside that she ran and left her family and never came back. Like that is where, to me as a parent, it's the scariest because you're doing the best. You have the best intention in your mind. But when that child is unable to tell their secrets. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. That's all I can say when you're parenting your kid. So your intentions can be absolutely good, but that was the thing in the book that struck me. And I guess it's that goes hard. to um, how many of us place unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. on our children or have parents who place them on you, and how did that make you feel? I could say with Rayshawn and Shania, I'm so different I guess because my mother raised us different and I saw that it was for girls she was on her grind we had to do what we had to do it was kind of like no time for diddle down around or whatever so I expect them to just do it and get to it where they're like we're not like you we don't do it this way and it's like I'm not asking you to be like me I'm thinking of that now but at the same time I was like Shania, if this is what you want to do, this is what you need to do. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, and in that order. In, 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 in that, that order. order. Don't try to arrange it a different way. Do it in that order and it'll work out what's best for you. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's what she needs to do. I'm not taking into consideration how she's going to feel while she's doing it. Her opinion if this is actually what she wants to do. Right. Where when we raise it's like, this is what you're doing. No, if answer was, let's it. get it. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. We have to now respect our kids' opinions and feelings and how they feel about <laughs> it. When I don't necessarily feel like I had a voice. And we didn't have a voice because it was so different. Like, social media is now so prevalent. TV. Yeah. Like, those things that we 
didn't have growing up. So although we had a TV in the house, when summer came, we went outside to play yeah. with our friends or run up and down the streets. Yeah. Now summer comes and they're our children are running to a TV to look at the newest thing on TV mm-hmm. or get their iPads and watch whatever, TikTok or whatever they do. So times are different, which means we have to change. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so hard about parenting because everything is so different it's, from what it very, used to be. It is very different. And then even being older, like yesterday, Shania was supposed to get her hair done. And the girl last minute canceled, which is the way of the world with some of these beauticians now. And it's kind of crazy. So she comes in crying. Ma'am, nope, that's not what we're doing. Get her on the phone. Why did you cancel my appointment? Let's get to it. If she's not going to do it, then let's get to another thing. We'll cry later about it. We're going to cry later about it. But this is what you're going to learn. I told you, we like to give people chances. Oh, it looks good on social media. No, 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 I booked her. You don't know her. I only deal with people I know. Because when I tell you, if I didn't wash my hair and I'm ready to get it braided at 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm there at 8.30 waiting on them. Now this new generation is like, oh, I went out last night. I'm not doing nobody's hair. Yeah. I'm casting all yep. appointments. Right. And they're going to keep your deposit. But she's just hurt. Oh, my birthday's Saturday. And I'm not going to get my hair done. We ain't got time for crying right now. Let's get in this order. And she thinks I'm so hard. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, we're going to say that for later. Let's figure out how we're going to get our hair done. Let's call her up. I'm not was trying to be mean. She's like, oh, I'm not trying to be mean. You spending your money. You booked your appointment. You deserve some answers as to why. But she doesn't, not just answers as to why, but when you rebooking me. Like, we ain't rolling over crying. Let's stand up and let's get this done. And see, that's my problem, too. I'm, I'm on, I've been told therapeutically I'm emotionally unavailable, boo. That's what that's called. She <laughs> um, told me that I manage by task. I manage my children. And there's a difference in loving your children and managing your children. My intention by my way of showing love is to manage them, to get them together, to put them on the right path. Because I know if you do A, B, C, and D, you are absolutely going to be successful. Mm -hmm. But the part I left out was the feelings. And that's literally what I was told. Mm -hmm. Like I am, I'm emotionally unavailable, but I grew up so hard and having to be on task and shit just got to get done. And your light's out, who cares? Light a candle. That's it. I don't, there I, is no tears for that. It was you not time no to hug no her. Tears. Like, and that's um, the thing. I, and I didn't feel bad. Like when I saw her tears, I didn't want to go and hug her. I'm like, oh heck no. Let's get to it. Like, see, that would be me. I would go uh, hug, hug her. her. Yeah. Come on. And now we're gonna see. But the method would be different with me. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. And that's the thing my kids brought up. What sometimes I mean, we just need a hug. And you don't know how to do that. Yes. Like so you, you always jump in and fix it. Like you yeah. said, see, I, okay, we're gonna call someone so get your hair braided, we're done. Yes. I wanna resolve it, resolution oriented, mm-hmm. versus even acknowledging the emotions. Like you said, boo, I, I don't even see the tears ain't even registered. No. But if somebody died and they were sad, I can console them. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But I put such a value on emotion on where the emotion is allowed to be. And then I go right into teaching mode, and that's not fair. Because it's like, no, I told you. Everything's a life now you sit up here crying. She didn't cancel your appointment. Yeah. Why didn't you go with somebody who you knew? Quit giving people an opportunity. Now your hard-earned money that you work for, she's taking it and she's in the bed. But that's not a time. Yeah. Now you made her. Now you made her feel <laughs> even worse. Right. But I had to think about well, what it. I wonder it's so is, hard. What I wonder is, like you said, how you had to grow up and how you grew up 
what I wonder is, what did you feel though when your parents were doing that? So, see, that's the thing. Because what you you've just got older and you're like, it worked for me. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm making it, so I'm gonna do it to my kids yeah. too. But you felt some kind of I, way. Right. I know you felt some kind you're of right. way because, like I said, I I know I did. Like I, it, when you thought things, when I thought things through, like you wrong. Like yeah. that that's not really how this <laughs> works. Right. You know, mama. Mm-hmm. Like I know I felt that way, even whether I told her or not. I know I didn't tell her, right. but in my mind, I thought it so. Now, what we what you see is like what we always say, oh, these kids soft these days. You yes. know, they want to be cuddled. But the thing of it is, they're, they are emotional. They've been taught that it's okay to be emotional. And that's even with so much, like Regina said, times change. Just, like, just think about people who were secretly gay growing up. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, they had to hide that because they knew their daddies was going to kill them. They was going to be around the town. You had to hide that. Now my parents on Instagram with me with my half pink, I done turned to a whole girl, yeah. and I was born a boy, and people accept that. But yeah. I don't know if I don't know if, if one way is better than the other. That's what I'm not gonna say. You right. know, even though I have my thoughts on how I raised my child, I'm not gonna sit here and say my way is the best right. way or if one way is better than the other. Because right. at the end of the day, it's both of our intentions for our child to be successful, Absolutely. not to be hurt along the way. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned to say is you're gonna make mistakes. That's all I say. They're gonna get hurt. You have to let them go to learn their own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Let her learn. Mm-hmm. Bet, bet the ball sense is the best kind of sense. The mistakes you buy and pay for. I bet you she won't do that again. Yes, you ain't right. have to. You ain't have to go right. off on her. No, you ain't mm-hmm. have to say a mm-hmm. word. Right. She, she won't do that. Yeah, she right. She, right. she, she right. like. She right. right. That's that, yeah, that's where you have right. to step back. The my that, the best kind of sense. Marcus, you can be smart as you want to, Shay. <laughs> Box sense is the best. The kind you buy and pay for. You make you smart. When you buy and pay for Just this mistake, you won't make it again. And it took me a while. I'm like, why does she keep talking about box sense? <laughs> you know, I mean, from the little I heard that. I don't give a damn about no book sense, street sense, common sense, box sense. Like, box. But as a parent, too, you have to learn your child. You, do. you can't treat them the same. Yeah, they all do. They, they are they all different. That's what I was yeah. thinking about when she said about the disability. I don't think it matters whether your child has a disability or not. It's you have to learn your child, and it takes you loving them and learning them and communicating with yes. them to learn to see how oh. they are, how they adapt to the world, so you can help them. Yeah. Like, yes, and, and then they can they can communicate that to you regardless of what they have or what they don't have once you learn to love them and communicate with them and i know it's hard because it's hard for me with my two little girls i'm like i just don't just do it my way and my way is the right way no i don't care about your way but then i have to take a step back and like okay my way might not be what they understand right now so it doesn't mean that my way is wrong but they may not understand it right now so i have to step back and let them kind of grow into what they're going to be Mm -hmm. so what i was saying with that is for me like you said being more emotionally unavailable and more tasked for me to see something and fix it is better for me not for them and Mm -hmm. that's That's what you're saying Mm -hmm. it's not honoring the child is honoring who i am Mm -hmm. and having to switch that thought process not to honor me and what I think mm-hmm. and what makes the world tick mm-hmm. for me. But to your point, tune in. They need hugs. I might not have needed one, but I have to give them to them because that's what they need right. and refocus the difference. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, again, I just think about when Carrington broke her leg. That was easy for me to handle, mm-hmm. right? Because I knew I had to do this and do this and do that. I had tasks to do. But if she's hurting internally, I don't get it. 
because it was harder for me to be in tune with that piece is what I'm saying. So when you can physically see somebody and they're not hurting, then to me, all must be good. But in Stella's world, she looked at her. Everybody thought, great, but it was the internal stuff that was the problem. That was That's the point. I'm sorry I was trying to make with that. No, no, yeah. I, I get it. At work, which is kind of totally off topic, but we talk about this because I my room is across the hall from someone who teaches um, ASL, so um, sign language class. And her issue, we have debates all the time because the, uh, the deaf community... They don't want to be fixed and we think that we're fixing them by telling them how you know our way is the right way our way isn't the right way no. you know to them because their their world is totally different from ours so the way that they communicate the way that they see the world is different and we have to learn how to value that more so than trying to fix it is all i'm trying to say with that that whole statement like we yeah. just need to value what they bring to the table and then move forward but because our way isn't always the right way mm-hmm. so we have to just kind of and i have i struggle with it too i'm not saying i don't but she opened my eyes to a lot of things like oh we want to oh we want to have them talking complete sentences because we talk complete sentences but that's that might that's not their world so they may not want to do the same things that we think is important you know because that's not the world that they have grown accustomed to yeah and that's the whole that's the whole push for the autism speaks community the people who are the big spokesperson for autism mm-hmm. that's what they keep saying that people with autism would be better if we would accept that their world is different from ours and try to live in their world actually like this is just what this is how they see the world so like yeah Paige has a disability but I can't fix that you know like I I, I can't fix it you know because it's in our brain and the way her brain think is just not like my brain right and so I just have learned to be patient and try to understand how her brain works and it doesn't bother me mm-hmm. just like even the incident with the kids like quote and I, I hate to use word normal but playing with kids that's not like her at the older they get they see that she's different and sometimes they don't want to play with her and that's fine but in her mind she don't care mm-hmm. she it, it's totally oblivious mm-hmm. to her yeah she like okay you know yeah. go on sit down and for me, it might make me sad, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh man, but for her, it ain't bother. It don't bother. bother. But to us, that would be, yeah. we would be so mad, like, oh, she hurt my feelings. She said right. she don't want to play, or she said I'm weird, or, mm-hmm. you know. But to her, see it don't and to me, I think that's better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, how you much better is that? You don't have no feelings. You don't have no feelings. You don't have no feelings. What did I do wrong? Why they don't like me? What did I do? Yeah, because that's why I said we were playing Saturday. I, I watched them play. And, like, I even saw your baby, who's much younger, like, come and grab her hand mm-hmm. and take her because the other bigger kids probably didn't want to play with her. But that don't bother Paige. Mm-hmm. She just going by her business, right. play with her game. Mm-hmm. But your baby had the wherewithal to understand, like, we shouldn't leave her, her out. out. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't leave her out just because y'all don't want to play, play with her or whatever. But that, that my baby could care less. Yeah. And I personally think that's. Good, yeah, good for you. Saying, y'all going about your tail pain to shoot my... some of that juice it's, over exactly. to my kids. Yeah, like, because I got the crunk coming, running in the house crying. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, put some of that juice in. I mean, but to your point, and like you said, and, and that's the difference to me. Like, that's why I handicapped Carrington. When she got in an accident, I went straight. The way I raised Devin did not raise Carrington like that. 
I was every doing everything for Carrington and didn't do that to Devin because she got hurt. So I started overcompensating. Like, I don't want her to get hurt. Like you said, I was keeping her in the house. We, let's clean the house. We ain't, You can't go out no more because you got hurt. And that's when the therapist told me, like, no, you stifling her. You got to let her be her. She's not you. She's not going to go in the world and do what you do. She's not going to think like you. So that's the child who taught me that, Virginia, I can tell you. Even, even as uh, raised a boy mom, Ryan would say, you know, if he's crying about something, he'd be like, mom. I'm showing my emotions. Just because you wouldn't do it, I'm upset. I'm allowed to be. But you know, me is like, well, boys don't cry. But when they become, RJ would never, never say that. that. He, he, he would never say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, you hear that statement, you know, yeah. oh, boys don't cry. But then when they become men, they emotionally, they don't, yeah. they don't show no type of emotion. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. But he always had to remember, mom, I, I'm showing my emotions. I'm upset. <laughs> right. Dr. Price with the word on Bought Sense. Thank you for listening to us discuss The Vanishing Half. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. Be on the lookout for the next episode focusing back on the Chamber of Secrets. Follow us on social media. Our handle is Lit Happens LOL until the very end.